hope comes from looking in the eyes of the one who is the author of the promise. As you look to him, all the fussing, all the worrying becomes still. All the fears, all the concerns actually become irrelevant. And you begin to sing again. Your loving kindness is better than life. Well, I had a word of knowledge about someone who had numbness in their hand and um, he'd had numbness in his fingers and pain for a, quite a while and instantly the Lord healed him um, and wonderful, wonderful things happening and Nick, Pastor Nick Twydale who looks after our online um, people and got an incredible team working with him <coughs> pastoring, we've got we're pastoring a lot more people than just here in Brisbane. Hallelujah. We get so many people who connect with us as Glory City. Hello, family online. We love you. Um, but Nick sent through this testimony from Felita. Um, she sent it through on Saturday at 2.22, which I quite liked. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and it, it says this, incredible miracle Friday night. I'm here to testify for my mother. Last night she was in severe pain in her stomach and esophagus and she waited for the Friday night miracle service to come. Remember, we ha I had a word about someone's esophagus last Friday night. Um, and she listened and watched online to the Glory City Family Service Friday night. Uh, this morning as she woke, her stomach pains, acid reflux, heartburn, gastritis, throat burn, swallowing difficulty and ulcers that had been going on for three years are now gone and healed. It's truly amazing. God's alive and God's spirit's touching us. And she's just celebrating the, the power of God and how, oh, I just, I love it. I love the way that God is able to touch and heal and deliver. And he is so, so faithful. Uh, it was, I saw a, a testimony on your page, Christine. Christine's visiting from Singapore. She's one of our partners who helps us get this message out around the world. And, um, and you were testifying about how you received a miracle. The Lord touched you and took away pain. And it's just beautiful to see amazing what the Lord can do. So we do love to hear testimonies. Please uh, send them through. It's always so encouraging to hear what the Lord's doing. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you happy? Oh, I tell you, God is moving. And he is, he is wooing his bride. And that's what I love. I'm so thankful for the kindness of God and his consistent pursuit of us. Even when the Bible says, even if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot disown himself. He is, he's very, he is the very definition of faithfulness. He, it's written on his thigh, faithful and true. It's who he is, faithful, our wonderful, faithful father. Hallelujah. Well, I was um, ministering the other week down at our friend's church, Heritage of Faith, and it was very encouraging for me because the last time I'd been there, as I was driving down, I felt the Lord tell me to give a word to Megan, uh, Sean's wife, the pastor's wife at the church, and to tell her that she was about to fall pregnant and she was going to have a baby. And I know them. And I know that for years and years, they had been disappointed and they had tried everything for years and years. And I didn't want to give that word. And then the Lord, and I told the Lord, I don't know that I want to do that. 
And the Lord said to me, tell her that she feels like the woman who said to the prophet, man of God, don't tease me. But the Lord says that this time next year, you will hold a baby. Tell her that I who have purposed it will also do it. So I, I didn't do it publicly. I took her upstairs afterwards and I just sat her down and I said, I have to tell you something. Well, um, we have a photograph of this little boy that was conceived about three weeks later. Little Ezekiel, he is just beautiful, and um, I got to hold him. And I, I looked at that, she just sent this through yesterday, he took that photograph on Sunday, and saying how beautiful it was to, to see you holding our precious baby after the promise that was given and the promise that's fulfilled. And you know, I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us today, that he who has purposed it will also do it. Blessed is she who has believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things promised to her. Hallelujah. And the Lord wants you to know that he is faithful. If you want, would you turn with me um, to Psalm 63? I've been doing a little chronological read-through of the Bible recently. I haven't started at Genesis because I've, when I've done that before, Dylan recommended I do a chronological read-through a few years ago, and I started at Genesis and got stuck in Leviticus. Um, so I started this time um, in 1 Samuel 18 because that's really where you start to get the chronological things happening in that you um, can read what's happening in 1 Samuel and you get the corresponding Psalms and as you uh, move through into 2 Samuel you get the corresponding chronicles um, version of what, what happened and you, you begin to read and it's quite beautiful as you go through the Bible to see the, um, the matching up Psalms and prophecies, the minor prophets and those speaking into the different kings and it's very exciting. Emily and I have some exciting discussions over breakfast as we're talking about what the Lord is showing us. And it's been really beautiful as I've been looking and really thinking about the key of David. Isaiah 22, 22, I'll give you the key of David, uh, which opens doors that no man can shut and closes doors which no man can open. This key of David that we've been talking about, this thing that David had with the Lord that was so remarkable. I, as I look at it and, and just look through his life, it's, it's amazing to see this connection that David had with the Lord. He didn't live a perfect life, but the Lord saw the loyalty of his heart. The Lord saw his willingness to humble himself when he'd, when he'd done the wrong thing and repent. He saw that he, the, the one thing that he developed as a youth where he found the Lord and discovered him as his life source, this communion that he had with the Lord is something that Today we are reading about the key of David, this magnificent connection. And looking through First uh, and Second Samuel and the Psalms and Kings and Chronicles and reading about it, it, it just reinforces to me the magnificence of our invitation into relationship with God. Psalm 63 is an interesting one. It was written while David was in the wilderness. And you can read the corresponding chapters, if you like, and, and see what was going on during that time. It was while he was in the wilderness of Judah. And he writes this psalm 
which I think is beautiful. It's, you know, remember, David wasn't having a fabulous time. Often when the Lord has given a promise, sometimes we can get this idea that, well, God said well, he'll do it, so it'll, it'll, just, it'll just happen. But, you know, very often the promises of God are invitations waiting for our response. And to get the idea that it'll happen and nothing will ever be difficult, or that if things start going wrong that you might think, well, oh, the grace of God's just not on this. Maybe I missed it. But the, the call of God, the promises of God, rarely go uncontested. And as I look through his life, I, I, I look and I see this man had a promise. He'd been anointed by Samuel. He'd seen some great victories, but he was being hunted down by Saul and the armies that had seen him slay Goliath. He'd been lied about. He'd been slandered. Uh, the, the people he had just, he wrote this psalm just after the, the town he had delivered betrayed him to Saul. And he writes this psalm in the midst of it. A psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you've been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. I love the way that David talks to the Lord, that he has this understanding that the Lord is my rock and my salvation. The Lord is the hope of my life. You know, I love that as I read through the Psalms and read the the cries and the prayers of David. He's not all about the ambition and the call and the destiny and the purpose. His deep cry is, one thing I have desired, this shall I seek. Not that the promise be fulfilled, but that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on his beauty. Your love is better than life because your loving kindness is better than life. Do you know that there is a place that you and I can have in the Lord where we can find him as the one that is better than anything else, where we can say your loving kindness is better than life, where he actually stills all the struggle and the striving because suddenly it doesn't matter. Compared to your glory, compared to you, nothing else matters. My soul will be satisfied with marrow and fatness. It's like I am being so deeply enriched and satisfied by this drinking from the river of your pleasure for me that nothing else matters. 
You see, when you understand the one thing, when you connect with Lord, the Lord in the key of David in this way where you discover him as the source of your hope, all these things will be added. See, God is faithful to do what he has promised. But our hope is not in the promise. Our hope is in God who fulfills the promise. Sometimes we can get so fixated on the promise that we miss the beauty of the one thing, the loving kindness that's better than life. We miss the peace that passes understanding because we're trying to figure it all out instead of drinking deeply from the one who speaks to the storm, from the one who is our peace. And as we recognize that we are called up higher to connect with the one, in that place, the perfect love of God then empowers us to hold fast to the promises of God. Because our life isn't built on the promise, our life is built on the one who gave the promise. Our life is built on the rock. Hallelujah. If your life is built on the promise, then you can be looking and judging, is it happening, is it not happening, is it happening, is it not happening? But if your life is built on the one that you've discovered, your loving kindness is better than life. Then you have access to him in a way that takes you high above the storm that brings you into the place where you can truly say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Because I've discovered the, the abundance, the overwhelming marrow and fatness is also translated abundance, the abundance of the beauty and the pleasure and the richness, the thing that satisfies my soul. I've found it. And then everything else is just a, a blessing and a bonus. Praise the Lord. And I read it and it's just beautiful. But then he goes on, and I, I like this in verse 11. He says this, but the king will rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him will glory and the mouths of those who speak lies will be stopped. Fascinating thing about this is he wasn't king. He'd been anointed king. He knew that he had been promised to be king, but he hadn't yet become king. And I look at that and whether he went back and changed it later or not, I don't know. But I think we can really clearly understand from scripture that, that David knew that he would be king. David knew that he was anointed to be king. And he had people in his life like Jonathan who would affirm it and say, I know that you are going to be king and I'm going to be at your side. I know. That. And it's beautiful when we've got people in our lives that can encourage us. I remember when the Lord first started speaking to me about the call on my life to come preach the gospel and see the power of God by healing and miracles and, and uh, travel around the world and see the glory of God released and people saved and healed and delivered. I remember trying to tell a few of my friends and it didn't go down as well as I'd hoped. They sort of looked at me as this, you know, 23, 24 year old 
housewife with toddlers on her hip and say, you know, I never saw that about you. <laughs> or, you know, I'd want people to prophesy about it and it just it didn't happen. They'd prophesy things like, you know, um, I see you um, ministering to children. I'll be like, that's nice. But like, I'm seeing fireballs. Why isn't anybody prophesying this? And you know what? Right there, I was called to minister children my own, to my own. Hallelujah. And I taught Sunday school, and I played the piano in Sunday school. I did everything I could, I could do to serve the Lord, and it was a privilege. But I tell you, there comes a place where you have to decide in your heart, the Lord has spoken to me. The Lord has shown me what he has said. And then over time, I'd, I'd spend time on the altar. I, and, you know, every time there was an altar, altar call, I'd go out on the altar and I'd just linger in the presence of God. I'd find the meetings where anything was happening, where, where there might be the moving of the Spirit, and I'd travel and I'd go after I put the kids to bed. Tom would babysit and I'd go and I'd find a meeting where there was a smell of smoke somewhere, you know. I'd be like, maybe something's happening here. And on the, on the floor as I'd be worshipping the Lord or seeking the Lord, oftentimes people would come up to me and, and they'd prophesy the very vision I'd just see played out in my head. And today... Many of those visions that I had on the floor, just on my knees worshipping the Lord, are now coming to pass. I've seen the Lord do exactly what he showed me he would do as I, as I sought the Lord. But I believe that the Lord wants us to be intentional, to believe what he has said to us. David, I think here, was calling those things that be not as though they are. When I'm king, I will rejoice in you. And I'll rejoice in you now because your loving kindness is better than life. Hallelujah. As I look at that and I think it's, it's beautiful to watch and see that I was reminded of Luke chapter 1. If you want to turn there with me. This story here is um, one most would be familiar with. And I believe as we begin to understand the importance of putting our faith in the one who has promised it, God will galvanize and give you the strength to be able to walk through the seasons when you're not seeing the fulfillment yet of what you've been promised. Mary says this, the angel of the Lord has come to Mary and told her, you're going to have a baby. And she says, be it unto me according to your word. Hallelujah. Behold the, the one slave of the Lord, verse 38. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, when the Holy Spirit drops something in your heart, when the Lord speaks a prophetic promise, when he speaks to you from his word, don't just leave it out there. Take it and, and have it and say, be it unto me, Lord, according to your word. Open your heart and receive the seed that the Lord wants to give you through his promise. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to say, Now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, 
when you are on your journey and the Lord's put in your heart a vision to see something happen. It may be a vision for your family to be saved. It may be that the Lord's put in your heart that you're going to be a leader in business or a leader in government or a leader in family. I think about Joseph and the promise that he was given as a 17-year-old and the way the Lord brought it about, the way that even as he was in prison, the, the Psalms tell us that the word of the Lord tested him. But he held fast to the God of Israel. He discovered where his help came from. Hallelujah. And then God caused him and used him to save Egypt and Israel and the surrounding nations from dying from famine. He used him in this governmental position and calling that he'd given him as a youth. Whatever it looks like, whether you're called to be a leader in business or in any area of your life, that promise won't go uncontested. But if you are rooted and grounded in the love of God, if you've allowed your roots to go down deep into this place where I connect with the one whose loving kindness is better than life, then when the storms come, when the trials come, when the difficulties come, you'll be like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. You're not going to be blown over. You're not going to be uh, losing your footing. You're not going to fall. You're not going to be discouraged because you will say, his loving kindness is better than life. I'm built on the rock. Hallelujah. And I love it then as Mary uh, received this promise, she went and she had heard from the angel that Elizabeth had also received a supernatural promise and that she was pregnant uh, in her old age with John. And so she went straight away and found Elizabeth. Why did she do that? You know, when God puts a promise in your heart, it's really important that you guard what God's given you. And she went and she found someone else that would understand. She went and found someone else that had a promise similar to hers. You know, when I was hearing the Lord speaking to me about the healing ministry. I would go to anywhere I could find that someone was moving in healing ministry. I would listen to every video I could get of Catherine Kuhlman and A.A. Allen. I'd read every book by Maria Woodworth Edder and John G. Lake, and I'd feed on the testimonies. And I'd surround myself with testimonies of healings and miracles because this is what the Lord was calling me to. In the same way, whatever God's calling you to, whatever God is putting on your heart, make sure that you surround yourselves with people that are going to encourage you. People that when you talk to them, your spirit leaps on the inside. Have you ever met people like that? I love it when I find people where I talk to them and suddenly go, oh, my spirit's leaping up and down with excitement. I see you. I know you. And you know them by the spirit. Give me a wave if you know what I'm talking about. You're like, ah, 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 the baby inside me is leaping. The Holy Ghost is as a witness. Oh, I feel it. And it may not be the exact same call, but you know that the same Spirit's living in them, the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. That's why it's so important to make sure you get into community where the Holy Spirit's moving, where people are going to be able to encourage you, where you're going to be able to be in an atmosphere where you're going to be built up and encouraged. Now, 
we don't put our hope or faith in those people, though, because when people do that, God gets jealous. God is the one who is the author and finisher of our faith. I've had some people say, well, if only Catherine Rinala could mentor me, then my call would happen. And I feel like, no, please, no, don't put that on me. I would love to help you. But if you think that I can make the call of God happen for you, you're setting me up for failure because I'm not God. Promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west. It comes from the Lord. I can encourage you. I can, um, you know, cheer you on. But even as you look in the lives of different people throughout Scripture, Joseph and um, David. David had Jonathan for a little bit, but Jonathan wasn't there the whole time opening the door and, and putting the crown on David's head. And Elizabeth wasn't there for the whole time for Mary through the journey. But there will be an opportunity for you to get around people that can encourage you. Just don't expect them to be the, the ones that are going to make it happen for you. Because our lives are not built on people, they're built on the Lord. Hallelujah. And as we surround ourselves though, and put ourselves intentionally in the place where we can be encouraged, we can protect what God's doing. I like that Mary came in the, the most vulnerable part of her pregnancy, where instead of sort of putting herself in an environment where she was going to be continually criticized, she went and she found Elizabeth and she lived with her for several months. And she got, she got around somebody that would encourage her in her walk, in her faith. Hallelujah. And I believe that's so important. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And now how has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? You see, she knew. She, she could see it and it's so beautiful. For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who has believed that there will be a fulfillment of what has been spoken to her by the Lord. You, she was declaring, Mary, you are blessed because you have believed that there will be a fulfillment of what has been spoken to you by the Lord. Everybody, hope in God. Because hope will rise, hope will sing from your heart if you position yourself in the right place. I want to finish today's program by telling you an inspiring story. My friend Kay lost her hearing when she was just three years old from measles. And over the years, she lost both her eardrum as they had to medically remove it, and then all of the hearing bones. So it was medically impossible for her to hear. She had no hearing at all in her ear. But then we had a miracle meeting. And at one point in the meeting, I felt it was time to pray for Kay. <laughs> Is it possible and natural for her to hear in this ear? So uh, close your good ear for me, darling. Close it up. And I want you to say what I say, okay? Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Nothing is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm give you up. Yes. 
today she hears perfectly out of that ear. It's an absolute miracle. If God can create an eardrum out of nothing, there's no miracle he can't do for you. I love our monthly partners. I get to see them every month on Zoom. We have discussions and question and answer times, and it's just a really special time for us to connect as partners. Your partnership helps us take the message of God all over the world. So I'd really encourage you, I would love for you to be a monthly partner with me. You can do that through the website, and I hope to see you on one of our monthly partner Zooms soon.